We know that we'll face challenges throughout our lives, but the Lord doesn't expect us to face them alone. We're called to be in communion with Christ and one another, for we all make up the body of Christ on earth. We can find strength, support, and comfort in our connection to the Lord and to our fellow disciples, confidently confronting the trials that come our way. Together, we can overcome challenges, uplift one another, and spread Jesus' message of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the Feast of Corpus Christi, Cycle A of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the Feast of Corpus Christi, Cycle A. Our first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, and 14b through 16a. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, it's chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. And our gospel reading is from John, it's chapter 6, verses 51 through 58. So just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Deuteronomy is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the, the uh, first letter to the Corinthians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. So tonight we'll see that Moses recalls the bad times, Paul asks some rhetorical questions, and Jesus just freaks out the Jews. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? 
because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. And our gospel reading is from John. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of Deuteronomy. And In this passage, Moses reminded the people of their past experiences, probably to emphasize the importance of remembering and learning from their journey. It's not that they necessarily forgot what they'd lived through. It's more about helping them to stay connected to their history and to the lessons that could be learned from what they'd been through. We're familiar with a lot of the stories. We, we know that the Israelites faced all sorts of challenges after being led out of Egypt, everything from rebellions to starvation and thirst. And these trials in the desert helped to shape them as a people. Because throughout those hardships, God continued to provide for them. When they were hungry and thirsty, the Lord fed them with manna and brought water out of a stone. By talking about those experiences, Moses emphasized the significance of remembering their journey and the lessons they learned along the way. And I think it really highlights the importance of of one thing that was going on here, which was the establishing of a second law. That's what Moses was working on, a second law, one that builds on the foundation of the first law that was given to the Hebrews at Sinai, and one that integrates the wisdom the people gained from their past, which will help them in the present and into the future. Anyway, the the main message I got from our first reading is that we learn from the past to shape a better future. Moses reminds us of the importance of reflecting on our experiences. Just as the Israelites face trials and challenges during their journey, we encounter obstacles in our lives all the time. By looking back at our past, we can gain insights and wisdom. We can can learn lessons that can guide us in making better choices and decisions in the future. And when we remember 
how God provided for the Israelites in their times of need, it can serve as a, as a powerful reminder that God is faithful and God will continue to guide and sustain us. Instead of dwelling on our mistakes and getting stuck in the past, we're called to learn from our experiences, to seek God's guidance, and to move forward with a, a clear purpose and a vision for the future. Our journey of faith can be one of growth and fulfillment when we learn from the past to shape a better future. Our second reading was from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And in this short little reading, St. Paul was highlighting the profound significance of the sacrament of the Eucharist. Paul explained that the cup of thanksgiving represents the blood of Christ, and the bread that is broken represents his body. However, the, the message goes beyond the individual connection with Jesus. St. Paul explains that when we participate in the Eucharist, we become united as one body, symbolizing the unity of the entire body of Christ. It reminds us that the communion we share is not just a personal experience with Jesus. It's a communal experience, and it's how we can embrace the fellowship of believers no matter where we are. Even though all Christians, all of us who make up the body of Christ on earth, can't physically gather together in one spot for Mass, we can still experience the body of Christ through the sacrament of the Eucharist. Of course, we, we should still reach out to one another, extending love, support, and unity within the larger Christian community. But the sacrament of the Eucharist, participating in communion, helps us to recognize the profound interconnectedness we share as members of the body of Christ. And that should encourage us to strive for unity and communion, both in the sacramental realm and in our everyday interactions with all the other disciples of Christ. So the main message I got from our second reading is, we are one with Jesus and with each other, and that gives us strength. The profound truth of this short passage from St. Paul is that through the Eucharist, we not only become united with Jesus, but also with one another. This sacramental unity strengthens us as individuals, but also as a community of believers. It reminds us that we're not alone in our journey of faith. In fact, we're part of a much larger body, the body of Christ. And this interconnectedness, this communion, empowers us to support and encourage one another. It helps us lift each other up, drawing strength from our shared bond with Jesus and our shared commitment to living out his teachings. St. Paul wants us to see that through this unity, we should be able to find solace, encouragement, and the strength to meet the challenges we face, whatever those challenges are. Through the sacrament of the Eucharist, we can grow together as disciples of Christ because we are one with Jesus and with each other, and that gives us strength. And finally, our gospel reading was from John, 
And in this reading, Jesus' words about eating his flesh can be a bit off-putting. In fact, they, they can sound downright weird, provoking some very different reactions in people. So it's no wonder the Jews began to argue as they did, you know, they grappled with the implications of what he was saying, just trying to figure out what this guy was talking about. But here's the thing. Jesus is presenting some profound truths about himself and about the Eucharist. He refers to himself as the bread that came down from heaven, referring to his incarnation as the divine presence among us. Also, he, his mention of giving his flesh for the life of the world is a bit of foreshadowing, right? Foreshadowing his upcoming suffering and death on the cross. It's obvious to us today that Jesus is establishing the sacrament of the Eucharist. In this reading from John, he defines the importance of consuming his flesh and drinking his blood. He, he establishes this sacrament that unites us with him. It unites us true disciples with each other and with our Savior. Jesus is the new manna. And as part of the body of Christ on earth, we're called to be manna for one another. Just as manna sustained the Israelites in the desert, we're called to provide nourishment and support to each other and to everyone else who needs it. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that Jesus is present to us and we must be present for one another. Jesus explained the profound truth of his presence among us through the Eucharist. Now, his words about eating his flesh and drinking his blood might be hard to really understand, but I think they express his desires for a more intimate relationship with us. The Eucharist allows us to experience Jesus's ongoing presence and, and nourishment in our lives. It also signifies our call to be present for one another. Just as Jesus offers himself as nourishment for us on our journey, we're called to, to emulate that selflessness and be present for others. Being part of the body of Christ means that we're called to go out and share Jesus's message of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. We can do that for each other and for those around us because Christ is with us. Jesus is present to us, and we must be present for one another. All right, let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from Deuteronomy, the main message I came away with was we learn from the past to shape a better future. In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, the main message I got was we are one with Jesus and with each other, and that gives us strength. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was Jesus is present to us, and we must be present for one another. As Christians, we know that we'll face many challenges, but the Lord doesn't expect us to face them alone. Instead, we're called to be in communion with Christ and with one another, for we all make up the body of Christ on earth. As we navigate life's obstacles, we can find strength, support, and comfort in our connection 
to the Lord and to our fellow disciples. By embracing this unity, we can confidently confront the trials that come our way, knowing that we are part of a greater whole. Together, we can overcome challenges, uplift one another, and spread Jesus' message of love, forgiveness, and radical acceptance. So let's step back and take a second glance at these readings overall and ask ourselves if our path has become clear. To do this, I try to answer two questions. So what? And now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because it can shape our faith and how we navigate our lives. When we recognize that the Lord doesn't expect us to face challenges alone, it's comforting. Even as we're struggling, we can find comfort in Jesus and in the community of faith. We're called to be in communion with Christ and with one another, which creates a sense of unity, support, and and a shared purpose. It's important to understand that we are part of the body of Christ on earth because it reminds us of our interconnectedness, and it reminds us of the responsibility we have to take care of one another. When we understand this interconnectedness, it can inspire us to offer love, compassion, and encouragement to those around us, and that helps create a community that's energized and supportive, which can increase our faith, improve our relationships, and and give us the strength we need to face any challenge that life throws at us. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, it's great to talk about being part of the body of Christ, and it's something that plenty of Christians claim to believe, but putting it into practice is something different. Luckily, there are countless ways to do it, so the problem can end up being figuring out where to start So with that in mind, here's your real question for the week. How can I actively cultivate communion and support within the body of Christ? So this question is helpful because it prompts us to reflect on our own role within the Christian community, but with a focus on actively contributing in a way that that fosters unity, compassion, and support among our fellow disciples. By taking the time to think about this question, we can identify some practical ways to engage in acts of kindness, encouragement, and solidarity. We can come up with all kinds of ways, big and small, to have a positive impact on our own spiritual growth and on the well-being of our community. If we do it right, the ideas we come up with will be the encouragement we need to shift from passive participation to intentional engagement, allowing us to live out our faith in meaningful ways. So spend some time answering the question, how can I actively cultivate communion and support within the body of Christ? Well, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from St. Maximilian Kolbe. As you're thinking about how to cultivate support within the body of Christ, keep this in mind. The culmination of the Mass is not the consecration, but communion. The consecration of the bread and wine is a significant moment in the Mass, 
But the true pinnacle lies in the act of receiving communion and entering into communion with Christ and into communion with the entire body of believers. At that moment, the Eucharist is not just a ritual or a symbol, but it becomes a transformative encounter with the living presence of Christ. It's, it's the embodiment of the shared life and mission of the church. All right, we've come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.